hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso. I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of the information overload and choose what governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us. So we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Joseph. Como estas? Muy muy bueno. (laughs) We'll just stop there. We have to, because that's literally (laughs) the extent of my Spanish vocabulary. You know what's amazing is I've known uh, probably three or four people in your shoes where it's like you've been exposed to foreign language a decent amount, and none of it sticks. No, it's like a—well, you and I have traveled the world a lot together Mm -hmm. doing mission stuff, and— it I it's like a learning disability. Like I can't, it doesn't stick at all. It doesn't. Uh, I can't read it or sound it out or figure it out. And what's annoying is like Joe will come back speaking it. <laughs> He's like I speak Swahili now or Swahili. Swahili. What is it Swahili? Yeah, yeah. that so proves the point. <laughs> so in I know of itself. there it is right there. I cannot do oh, it. I'm awesome. terrible. And I can I also can't. Um, I think it is like a thing in my brain. I can't even land the names. Oh, yeah. So, and I, I actually have that problem um, in English. Like, I'll know somebody. Oh, this yeah. happened to me earlier today. Like, I'm talking uh, about, some, we're having, we're setting a meeting up, and so I'm talking about this lady that I have known for years. Like, we're friends. Like, their kids are a part, and I'm like, you know. Um. Oh, what's her name? And so I start talking. You know, she has long hair. She's, you know, and it, but it's it's ter- It's embarrassing. Like it's yeah. terrible. And and it's a thing, Joe. So I want to thank you for publicly mocking my disability. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you need to be humbled a little bit, I'm your guy. Uh, it's no. good because I don't have anybody else speaking critically into my life. <laughs> Oh, I'm not speaking critically. I'm just allowing you to think critically about yourself. It's very different. Uh, that's awesome, though. Yeah, hey, we're, you know, we need the body of Christ. We can't be good at everything. That's, that, and uh, we'll find something you're good at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, well, speaking of end times, that's where we're headed today. <laughs> By the uh, way, this is way more intelligent than the conversation we had about mullets for seven minutes when I first sat down. That's and- true. That was a... Um, Somehow deep conversation, but a very shallow thing. Like <laughs> I feel like my IQ dropped. Like it might have been a a point a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't disagree with you. Uh, maybe that's where you're losing the ability to remember it people's could names. Be. It could be more and more conversations about mullets, which somehow have made a return. If they were even ever in the beginning, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I had one though. I have to. Did admit. you really? Oh yeah. I well, it was a thing. Like in the. In the late 80s, early 90s, what you would do is you would grow your bangs out long. Like they would t- my bangs used to like touch my chin. Whoa. And then you'd grow your hair out long, and then you'd shave the middle. Like you'd buzz the middle. And you, you For would, the record, this was never a thing in the world I grew up in, it but was, continue, Jeff. It was a thing in the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the preppy school I went to. But yeah, you would do that. Heidi met me that way. And, wow. and, and I, I thought it was so cool. And she was like, Ugh. like she'll still kind of throw open her mouth a little bit when she thinks yeah. about it. But yeah, I wore, and lots of people did, mm-hmm. wore, wore their hair that way. 
um, it was a thing. Wow. For it's, for a hot minute. I mean, there were all kinds of haircuts I had looking back. I'm like, why did I have them? I um in the you had the frosted tips. You I had did the have frosted the fr- I had the frosted tips in the late 90s. Yeah, that was super fun. You the know, in sync look. 100 percent what I was going for. It didn't work, but that's what I was going for. And um, when I was a kid, when mullets were popular. My parents let me let me made me. I don't know. I was five, but I had one of those like rat tails. In the yeah, back. rat tails. Yeah, that's right, so yeah. that's uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but that's a thing, and there's pictures that are proof. Well, I said earlier, I'm just glad I still have hair to work with. I mean, it's amazing how your hair priority changes. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I like wear hats now and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we have a, another question that was submitted by one of our listeners to dive into this week. Um, and she says, can we talk a little bit about eschatology, which if you don't know, that's the study of end times. Uh, I'm not saying that for our listeners, Jeff. I'm saying that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> Explain all the big words to me as we go. Um, she continues, uh, do you believe the Great Reset that's kind of out there in some um, periodicals and stuff right now, c- could that be the Great Tribulation that's showing up in the scriptures? She's been studying more about end times these last few years with all the chaos that's going on, especially on a global scale. She says, am I right to interpret the Bible literally? Uh, I know some interpret more allegorically. Um, then there's things like Matthew 24. What are the birth pains that Jesus talks about referred to exactly? Uh, why do some believe the church replaced Israel? Uh, you know, it's talked, Israel's talked a lot about in the Old Testament. That's like replacement theology. How can I know and trust that I'm reading and interpreting Scripture correctly? Um, it seems we are closer than ever before the return of Christ. I'm guessing we're always getting closer, but man, the past two years seem to have made me study more and get excited about Christ's return before 2020, I rarely thought about Christ's return and more so thought about the joys of heaven and what the other side of eternity will be like. So, Jeff, let's let's walk through a bunch of these. She just layered them in there. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's start with this one. Should we interpret the Bible literally? Depends. Ah, great answer. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the you have to interpret the Bible correctly. And there's parts of the Bible that are literal. Mm-hmm. There's parts of the Bible that are metaphorical. There's parts of the Bible that are po- uh, poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to be enough of a student. You don't have to have your doctorate to, sure. to figure this stuff out, but you need to be enough of a student of the Bible to know which parts you're reading. Mm. So um, when it comes to eschatology, by the way, I think it's a, it's kind of funny that that she asked, can we talk a little about eschatology? And then goes in. <laughs> well, yeah, the answer is always no. You cannot talk a little bit about eschatology. It's it's a very, very big and broad subject. But in eschatology in particular, there are literal things that we might look for. I think actually Matthew 24 is talking about some of those literal things are tangible there are metaphors that God uses to describe or to orient uh, us to the end of time, the beast, the dragon, uh, etc. that yeah. you know that you would find in the book of Revelation in Ezekiel, uh, even in Daniel, the statues with the foot of clay and all those kind of things. And so what you're doing with eschatology, usually is instead of saying this is the way that this is going to be, this will happen, 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 what you're doing with eschatology is you are taking 
um, and and this uh, this word picture is going to break down, so don't email me about it. <laughs> but you're going to take a set of puzzle pieces that God has given us. You're going to join those together and then say, "What does this picture mm. mean?" Yeah, it's it's not necessarily a hard timeline or because the United States did this, that means this, or, you know, Russia did that, that means this. But God definitely does lay out kind of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, he does lay out things that we could look at and see, and he, and he does lay out uh, what he calls birthing pains, or what we would often call the sign of the times, so that his church in particular is aware and is ready for his return, which can come at any moment. Um, and that awareness and readiness is not so we can prep for it or survive it or store our, you know, our canned goods. It's so that we're urgent and passionate about evangelism. Mm. Um, because if I, if I ran into a building that could collapse at any moment, I'm going to yell to people to get out as fastly and as broadly as I can, yeah. especially if they're people that I know and love, right? So I'm not going to go into the study of that building for my own enlightenment and and so that I can ask the question, should I get in it or get out of it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be motivated differently to do that, and that's the purpose of, of eschatology. So on a, I would say on a broad scale, um, that's how you should view it. I think eschatology is uh, important that way. I think it's also important because what you believe about eschatology positions the rest of your theology. Mm, how does that work? So... For instance, uh, she asked the question, you know, is the Great Reset the Great Tribulation? The answer is no. Um, I think the Bible, my view of the Scripture is that the Bible is clear that we will be, the Church of Jesus Christ will be taken up Mm -hmm. before the Great Tribulation starts. Uh, The word we use a lot is rapture. What the Bible says is taken up. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said that he will return. Uh, The Bible said that there will be a, a... a blast of a trumpet, and Jesus will return as a triumphal king. And those of us who uh, have died in Christ will rise first. So our bodies and our souls will be reattached to each other, and our uh, bodies will be um, sanctified and purified. So they'll be our eternal body, mm-hmm. much like the one Jesus exists in now. Mm-hmm. Um then those of us who are living like the twinkling of an eye. So a twinkling is uh, the time that it takes, like, Joe, if I'm in a room by myself and you walk in, the time that it takes for me to look up and recognize that you are you, that's a twinkling. Sure. Right? Um, that the church will be taken up. And that those of us, if we are alive at that point, we will be taken up to meet Christ in the sky, and then our bodies will be glorified. And, and then um, what we think of oftentimes as eternity, so to say, will we'll start. Then there is a time of tribulation. Um, 
you can imagine if hundreds of millions of people disappear, the social chaos that would arise out of that. And then the Bible says from that then, the, the Antichrist, which seems to be a singular human figure, will arise, take power, and bring at first order and then demand worship. Many people will accept Jesus during the tribulation. There will be evangelists, etc., that that um, will be on the earth, and they will leave me to Jesus. Those Christians will be persecuted uh-huh. or martyred by the Antichrist because they refuse to worship him. That all plays out after this generation of believers is already with, with the Lord. Now, if you don't believe that, then what happens is the rest of your doctrine shifts, So, or your theology. So if I believe I'm living in the end times right now, then I also have to believe that all the miraculous signs that will happen in the end times are happening now. So old men will dream and have visions. They'll be speaking in tongues. There'll be supernatural works. There'll be what's going to happen when the church is raptured and the Spirit of God goes out of the world, so to say, with the church, and the heritage of teaching God's Word goes out of the world with the church, just like there were apostolic signs at the beginning of the church, there will be apostolic signs again at the end. So miracles, visions, tongues, etc., because God allowed those miraculous things to happen to give credence to the authority of what those men were saying and women were saying. Mm. Now we have God's Word. We have his creation, the church itself, and we have the leading and the purification of the Holy Spirit. That is the church age that we live in. That will come to an end. Now we have to have those signs again. Mm -hmm. Well, if I believe I'm living in the tribulation now, then I have to allow for all of that. Mm -hmm. I have to allow for every faith healer, everybody who says they have a word from God, everybody who has a vision about whatever, And what the Bible would teach us now to do is to test those signs, push them against Scripture and against the church. Mm -hmm. So it it would change your theology because of your eschatology and and the way that you would approach that. So to to our our, uh, listener's question, I do not believe we are living in the Great Tribulation. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe the Great Reset is anything different than other great moments in history. Uh So the Roman Empire fell, Um, the Great Depression happened, World War I and II played out, the Black Plague swept across, and these are the things that Greece felt. These are like the things we know about, Uh right? So there have been massive civilizations and even global events that have happened that are not tied to the return of Christ. They're more tied to the fallenness of our world, Mm. man's sin, and then the general fallenness of creation that the Bible talks about, which is why there's sickness and disease. I think what we've gone through the last few years is that. So I don't look at that specifically, but 
she asked, do you think we're closer to the return of Christ? I do think we're close to the return of Christ because there is no precursor that needs to happen that the Scripture tells us about that would pause Jesus returning. And when you look at literal things that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, those kind of things, and then you look at metaphorical things that we think might mean something. So we think by the way the Scripture metaphorically describes the end of time that there would be a one-world government. We think there might be a one-world financial system so that if you don't take the mark of the beast, you can't buy anything. Um, We think uh, the world will destroy itself. The Bible says, like, the stars are going to fall and this and that. And, like, is that a meteor shower? Maybe. Is that nuclear annihilation? Maybe. The Bible describes it. It doesn't say Mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen. So... So when you look at the world that we live in, and then you look at the existence of the state of Israel, mm. so one of the things that the Bible seems to say is that Israel is the hot spot during the end of time, Battle of Armageddon, etc., and that nations will rise, be raised up by the Antichrist, they'll go to Israel. The reason that that's a big deal is because for thousands and thousands of years, there was no nation called Israel. Uh And we were talking, I think it's 1947, that it was reestablished. That is brand new. Now, I'm young enough, you're young enough, that we grew up with Israel. We don't think much about it. But on an eternal scale, that nation of Israel has not really existed since... Uh, a little bit past Solomon. Right. So the fact that Israel is a nation, the fact that um, she exists, and then there are these literal signs, what what you can do then is you just do a little bit of reverse engineering. I, um, there's a, a description in the Scripture that the at one point the Antichrist will be struck down and the whole world will see it at once. I remember being a... Um, junior high kid in the 80s, so you're talking 40 years ago, which is nothing on the scale of history, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Just a blip. And I remember my Sunday school teacher talking about the end of time, and we we were talking about it as a class, and I remember daydreaming about how the whole world could see something at once. Mm -hmm. Now, if I said to you, the whole world's going to see something at once. What would you say? How would that happen? What would you say? It would be on Instagram. <laughs> It'd be it, on your phone. It absolutely is not remotely foreign to us. I'm 51. I remember when my mom and dad got an ATM card. <laughs> so if I said to you, um, the world's going to be a one financial system, uh, I remember a few years ago, I was in Spain. I got a phone call. I picked it up, it was American Express making sure that I was me. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you just shut down, our, all, we, all of our banking's, you just shut it down, uh-huh. right? Um, if, I, if I was like, man, if we were gonna have a one world government, what organization could that run through? 
Mm-hmm. So the UN is a part. Now I'm not saying the UN is of the devil. That's probably Amazon. No, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, right? But like, yeah, I think we have to remember, especially if you're younger, like these things did not exist 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, if the the ability, the ability for mankind to destroy our own planet is less than 100 years old. Yep. Nuclear weapons, 1945, right? Um, you think of famine. We, we have, you know, there's a global seed vault in North, uh, at the North Pole because of pestilence, and we know what uh, uh, herbicides and things like that can do to our environment. Um, when, when you think of wars and rumors of wars, just read any news feed out yep. there. That's what's different, and and um, we could sit down and. In fact, I did this about oh two years ago. I have a Bible study on Tuesday morning for just for men. Um, that by the way, every listener is welcome to come to. It starts at seven o'clock at uh, a.m. Uh, in, in the uh, Gent Road Auditorium right now. But about two years ago, we just happened to be in Matthew twenty-four. Mm-hmm. We were just going straight through the book of Matthew. And so I came to that passage that our listeners writing about, and I said, uh, guys, I want to do something. Here, here are these wars, rumors of wars, et cetera, et cetera, that are in there. I said, um, I said, let's get out a whiteboard, and I said, I want you to tell me, without sensationalizing it and without speculation, how these things could play out. We spent less than a half an hour, and we filled up double sides of a whiteboard. And we were, we're like, yeah, Google, yeah, your phone, yeah, live feed. It, nothing like, I know the Spirit of God must move in a mystical beast. And it's just like, yeah, the banking, they, they can shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, that's what's different. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible also says at the end of time, the hearts of many will grow cold. The division in the church um, and the uh, the the moving away from Orthodox Christianity, or the I would say the Word of God, the rep, the rapidness and the vehement nature of that is different in the last hundred years yeah. than it was before. So, do I think we're closer? Yeah, I do. Now, this is what I always say: the Bible says because P, uh, the Book of Peter talks about this. It says many will mock you. And say, where is this return that you talk about? And uh, so the apostle like warns, like, just don't be thrown off by it. And this is why this is so important. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day to the Lord, and a day is like a thousand years. So I just want you to think about this. Jesus said, I will return, and I will take you, right? Where is he? In Jesus' mind, he's like, I've been gone two and a half days. <laughs> Like, this feels like centuries to you. I do not work that way at all. Mm-hmm. So his quick return, now I don't know if it's five of his days. I don't know if it's three. I have no idea. In fact, he doesn't know. Right. The Bible says only the Father knows. But in God's timeline, he has not been gone a long time. And every day that he restrains his return... He's doing that so that the church can proclaim the good news to the lost, so that more can escape 
the 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 wrath and the the judgment that comes with his return. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for walking us through that. I think that's very very helpful. My guess is. Um, our listeners either fall in one of two places. One, they're like, como say what? <laughs> uh, or they're enraptured by this. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's good, Joe. Uh, but because um, but there's a lot there. Um, and you mentioned, like, the point is to continue to be diligent about a pursuit of God and the pursuit of people so that more and more can be with him as this all unfolds. The, the other question that she asked that I think is um, kind of maybe even wraps this up a little bit, how can we know that and trust that we're correctly interpreting Scripture? For instance, how do you have confidence? And even knowing what you just said is even close to what God intended as he wrote Matthew 24 and the rest of the things. Yeah. Um, you have good theology and strong doctrine. So Scripture has a context to it. Mm. And the end times, in a unique way, is one of those things that charlatans will try to convince you they have clarity on, but God doesn't give it. Mm. Um, When you are a student of Scripture, you study culture, you study language, and you and all that leads to context. Like one of the questions she asked is, um, uh, why do some believe the church replaced Israel? Right. For instance, I don't believe the church replaced Israel. The church and Israel are different. Yep. That's why you don't read Old Testament promises to you. Yep. God didn't promise to expand your territory. He promised to expand Jabez's territory in the context of expanding Israel's. Mm -hmm. Now, God makes promises to me, too, that I should take personally. But, like, you need to understand that. So I think uh, some—if you're going to go deep into eschatology— reading the right books, getting maybe in the right Bible studies, and and having that done around good theology and doctrine is important. I would say I think any pastor or theologian who looks at people and says, I am the one who knows how it's going to work should be avoided at all costs. We can have an open conversation. We can we can we can think about it. We can try to we should try to get our heads around it. But I am want to be the first to say I don't know exactly because uh-huh. the Bible doesn't tell me exactly. And what happens to that end? I just want to ca- put a caution out to everybody. To that end, eschatology can be very distracting from the things God specifically said to do. Yeah. Sure. Yep. And I've seen this. I've been around long enough. Uh, in the 1990s, there was a guy that found Bible codes, and there's math in the Bible that nobody over 2,000 years has ever discovered before, but he did, and he predicted the date, and it didn't happen. So he predicted another one, and it didn't happen. Uh, more recently, there was the blood moons, and the blood and the blood moons, and they only happen, and we need to restore it. Well, nothing happened. Uh, in, two, in the year 2000, it was Y2K, and I had people coming and say, I remember one time getting stopped by a lady at, at the store, and she's like, why isn't our church 
preparing to support our people through Y2. Because the Lord's going to return. We should have dry goods and we should have ammo. I'm like, I'm not planning on being here when the Lord returns. <laughs> so there is conspiracy. Th- and this is what happens, guys. And please hear me. I think this is critical. Every time your world changes does not mean that your God does. Mm. Uh, I think people in 1930 and 40s Europe, can you imagine how they were interpreting Hitler and the specific persecution of the Jews? And uh, I imagine Americans <clears throat> living through the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. Can you? And there were locusts, mm-hmm. and that like, so you have to be careful. The point of eschatology was never to figure it out. Right. The point of eschatology was our Lord looking at us and saying, "Guys, I am going to wrap this up one day." That gives hope and urgency. And if Jesus doesn't know, you don't either. So don't be. Don't be engrossed in eschatology. Be aware, be motivated, but do not be engrossed by something because what God once made clear, he makes clear. What God wants to be a mystery, he leaves a mystery. And I don't know about y'all, but I have plenty of trouble (laughs) living out what God made clear. Yep. And that's where my energy needs to go. And when we when we're with the Lord, whether it's through death or through the rapture, well, then we'll know. Yep. You know. And so I just think that caution is important. And I think churches and Bible studies and leaders, if you spend more than a few weeks talking about this alone, you're spending too much time mm. on it, and you'll find it. I mean dare you to google it's a mess but none of all of those people to one degree or another have been proven wrong you know and they're like well because a democrat got elected no 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 because <laughs> a republican got elected no 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 it's because computers came out no no it's not that it's because of a new generation of the way that they think and the sex i'm like stop that mm-hmm. love god love people go after the harvest that's what we're called to do yeah i love that it's it's not a code to unlock it's to point us toward hope and urgency. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> well, if you have questions that you'd like for us to be addressed on uh, mixed messages here, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take unique next steps, maybe we can offer resources about this topic or different communities and studies to get into. We'd love to help you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a place to connect with others as we pursue God, you can always join us on the weekend here at Grace in person, or you can even check us out online. Thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.